It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car, like cooking, but without the frozen dinner easy way out. eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as almost roulading. To cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. Hey everyone, this is the Almost World Podcast. Bringing to you mind blowing interviews with guests from all over the world. So settle down, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh yeah, by the way, if you like the podcast, please support Elmo's World Podcast on Patreon. Your support is what helps the podcast improve more and more. Three. Welcome to Elmo's World Podcast. This is Elmo Ador, uh, your host, and I have with me my friend Dave. Bro, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, what's up? Um, so my name's Dave. Dave um, I guess I'll leave my last name out of it. Um, I was grew up south, outside of Washington D.C., a place called Waldorf. I'm 33 years old. Um, had a bit of a rocky past, but I'm kind of like in recovery now. Um, uh, my big things are like mental health, destigmatization, and things like that. Um, I got bipolar disorder and a, a personality disorder that uh, I don't know. I just I try and like correct misinformation i guess i don't know what else how else to say it and uh in terms of what y- your worldview right now i, I you, you told me earlier that you're a, a more of an agnostic right uh yeah but i'm open i try and stay open to like every religion um i practice and um but yeah i just i like i try to be open-minded i think it's arrogant for any human being to say that they know for a fact about God because like like no one really can say they know like I, I don't see how they could it's just it's it's too big for us we can't even comprehend something like that how could we say we know about it you know yeah yeah I completely agree and uh, that's why I, I call myself an agnostic theist you know uh, I, I don't say for certain that God exists that I could prove it to you right now but I still believe and I, I have reasons to believe that maybe it's rationally spiritually uh, it's a deep topic but I, yeah, I completely agree with you it, it is arrogant just to for someone to claim something like this and they have to show for it yeah well if we're talking like I guess I would say setting aside not being able to know and not really – I would say I'm a theist too, but I kind of only under like certain definitions of God because people define the concept a lot of different ways. And like like I don't think there's an old dude sitting in the sky in an alternate universe like 
telling the Lightning what to do. Um, I think it's more like a well, closer to like a pantheist type deal. Okay. Okay. Uh, it, it's interesting. At, at least you're open to that. But why? why? Uh, is it is it something because of that um, you're more open to things that are spiritual, you know, like Buddhism and stuff that um, you're able to. Uh, sorry. I mean, to cut you off. Go ahead. Finish your question. Yeah. 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 Please, please. Okay. Please. Um, it's more that I try and be open to any possibility without cutting it without like having my preconceived notions cutting off like different also like closing my mind to things like I try and stay open-minded um, I notice a lot of people they get like emotionally attached to a certain belief and they kind of let that attachment draw draw them towards things that and then they close their minds off to possibilities and it's like if the if it's still an open possibility you got to be open to it in my opinion Exactly, exactly. But in terms of how, for example, um, people try to uh, to say that I would ultimately dismiss, for example, you know, Christianity the same way I would dismiss the, the existence of a unicorn, because we have science already, we have all these uh, accumulated, accumulated knowledge of history and stuff to, to disprove miracles and a global flood and whatnot, and we have evolution, for, and, and so we, it, it, they, they have arrived uh, at a conclusion that we can dismiss all of these based on what we we have we have already achieved yeah i disagree with that like i think if you believe in god's non-existence i think that's just as unfounded as believing in god's existence because if you think about it um no one knows what happened before the big bang right um and so it's a possibility. No one knows where the thing So in the Big Bang, I guess I'll rewind in case not everyone is like familiar with it. In the Big Bang Theory, they say all energy, matter, everything in the universe, space, time, all of that was compressed into a single uh, gravitational singularity. It was like everything was just down to a point smaller than that, you know. And that suddenly started expanding, and they call that the Big Bang, and that's where the universe came from. But no one knows where that energy singularity came from or why it started expanding. So you can't say for certain that God didn't do that, you know? Um, and, like, okay, yeah, we have evolution and stuff. Maybe evolution is how God created the universe. Like, you get where I'm going with that? Yeah, but but what 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 I meant my, by my question was that, uh, for example, um, the 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 biblical claim of a global flood, Protestant, a lot of evangelicals, Protestants, claim this that there was a global flood, and people people say that science disproves that we have that we that that we never had a global flood and so that would disprove the whole religion that claims such things but um, would you agree with that sorry um no i don't well because i look at any culture's myths i look at them as uh metaphorical like allegorical things i don't take them literally yeah i i agree i agree that you may take them not literally 
But there are people who take those things literally that actually believe those things exist. And so if you were some, even if you, uh, even you disagree with them that, that take that account literally. And so um, there are belief systems that you could actually dismiss using by science. Would yeah, I guess. Agree? Yeah. Um, well, let me think. That's kind of a bit of a loaded question. Um, yes, there are th certain things, certain beliefs that I'm just like, nah, that's ridiculous, man. Um, yeah, there's some that I would exclude, but I try and stay open as best I can. Obviously, you can't believe everything or like nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it, 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 it's the same. It's the same thing for a lot of atheists, though. What you're doing, right? Yeah. What you're doing is that you're using the the uh, methodology in order to identify which belief systems make sense and don't make sense. The ones that are absurd and stuff, and but but simply that they are raising the stand standard a little higher than you are by uh, establishing and grounding their their beliefs on more scientific things would you agree would you agree with that um well no because believing in the non-existence of god is not scientific at all like there's no scientific reason for it mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. it's like okay so if you have uh, an open like say we're 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 scientists and we're conducting an experiment and we have a hypothesis and to test this hypothesis, we mm -hmm. design an experiment it takes two weeks to finish the experiment for those two weeks while you're waiting for your results. You don't just assume your hypothesis is false until you get results. You just, it's undecided up until that point. And right now without any, we have no proof to preclude the existence of a God, just like we have no proof to, or we have no evidence to preclude the existence of a God just like we have no evidence to um, verify the existence of a God. Like it doesn't go either way. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see your point there when it comes to, to that, but uh, I, I'm, sim I'm not talking about uh, the b belief systems who, who have concepts of God and whether or not we can prove or disprove their their beliefs in God. I'm just talking about belief systems that claim certain scientific absurdities and that if we that we can easily uh, dismiss all these belief, belief oh, systems that believe in these absurdity absurdities. Uh, yeah, so there are certain absurdities we can like like um mm -hmm. like bread from the heavens coming down every day and feeding like the, the Hebrew people when they were in the desert. I think that's probably not how it happened exactly. Um, yeah. So, so what you're saying is you, you're going, going to dismiss all the believers who, you, who actually take that, that biblical story literally, right? I mean, and I dismiss the stories, that. but I mean, <sighs> But you're still going to consider some parts of their beliefs, I guess. I, I, I in, consider in, their in beliefs valid of, even if I disagree with them. Let me put it that way. Okay, but what what would you what would make them valid to you other than the that the fact that you may have contradictory or disagree or have disagreements with uh, these pe uh, people? Well, okay. So my only evidence, my only reason for taking that stuff literally and dismissing the stuff is metaphorical is because I've never seen anything like that happen, but who knows like 4,000 years ago, what the world was like. Um, and who knows also like as things have been 
handed down to us, the stories get distorted. So it's like, I don't know. I consider the beliefs valid, though. The reason I respect people's beliefs and let them believe what they want and don't try and belittle them is because I know it makes sense to them, and a lot of it was, like, taught to them as a child. And it's like, I don't know, man. I just I try and be respectful of people's beliefs. I disagree. So like, that, I, I, I do. I get, I get, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. But what you're saying, though, it, it, what you just said, though, in that uh, reasoning is that you, you're simply empathizing with, with, with their sort of delusion. You know, that you're saying that they were taught this way and stuff like that. And so you're just trying to understand and not disagree with them openly and stuff. Well, I mean, I'll tell them, I'll tell them, I'll tell them I don't take this stuff literally. I'll tell them I take it metaphorical and don't see it the way they do. Like I'll let let them know, but, um, I try not to be like too dismissive. I don't know, but no, I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. There's certain things that I'm just like, no, that doesn't, that doesn't jive with me. I don't believe Mm -hmm. that it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's why Mm -hmm. like, I'm kind of, I guess that, um, let, let, let me predict something though um what uh, uh to me what ha- what uh, what i perceive or try to est- uh, uh look at what you're doing is that there are thir- certain things that you actually could consider as as valid like resemble the existence of god maybe a spiritual realm of, of some sort you know uh, you um, could con- uh, maybe yeah you those consider- could be possible um definitely a spiritual yeah, exactly. realm could be possible yeah Exactly, and so and and you ha- you consider these beliefs, and so any re- belief system who might consider what you also believe, you you're 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 seeing some truth in them because you also believe sort of consider that truth, but but you don't cons- uh, consider the whole truth that they present because you 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 also see the reasoning in that it they could be distorted or corrupted or or have been uh, changed over time. I, like I said, I try not to dismiss it because it's possible that stuff really did happen. Like I wasn't around four thousand mm-hmm. years ago; none of us were. Um, and who knows? Maybe like there, like God really did come down from the heavens six thousand, four thousand years ago, and did mm-hmm. interact with people, and then he mm-hmm. just stopped doing it over time. Like I mean, it's possible. I don't think that's. I don't believe that's the case. It doesn't seem to be the case to me, but it is still possible. Um, so like it's like. Just because it doesn't make sense to me and just because I've never seen it doesn't mean it didn't happen, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And wh- when it comes down to that, I would l- like to ask you about um, what your, opin- your opinion in, in, in on is on the how people try to disprove or prove that God exists because uh, I think you're see, you seem to be on the fence there like like me in terms of how it can be proven absolutely right but, but what would be your take on that any means we have now unless like God were to like come down from heaven himself and like reveal himself to the world I don't think there's a way we could uh, I, uh, how would you th- think we would disprove it or not? Like I've, I've always considered it an un- unprovable thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, there I know a lot of atheists who positively say that and claim that God is not real. You know, there there, there are no gods because of maybe they use logic in that they use the their uh, understanding of science and are 
like common sense and stuff. But uh, I, I, I guess then that. But why, why do you um, disprove all of these, um, or look at all of these proofs and disproofs as n- not enough or insufficient to to carry the point that they're trying to make? Usually when it comes to atheists talking about God being disproven, what they're doing is they're settling on one particular conception of God that's kind of ridiculous and then disproving something that's ridiculous. And they're not considering all the possible conceptions of God that aren't quite so ridiculous. Um, so that's like the disproofs. And then usually when theists are saying they've proven God through some way or another, their evidence is um, – subjective and circumstantial it's it's like it, it's only true if you accept certain assumptions um and it's like it's like a sort of circular logic type deal that occurs yeah yeah and uh when, when it comes to that for example um if you 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 someone tries to uh, prove to you that or, or how about this like If I say that my atheism is simply a lack of belief that God exists, you know, but I'm not saying I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not saying that God doesn't exist or does exist. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm not going to consider it because nobody has proven it to me, you know? So, uh, how, but, and so they live their lives as if there is no God because nobody has proven that there is no God. What would you say to those kinds of people? Um, well, just, so first of all, just to clear up some terminology, because the words get used differently. Um, yeah. So overseas, the way people would say it is like atheist doesn't believe in God, but doesn't necessarily believe God doesn't exist here in America. Like the way most people understand it is an atheist believe God doesn't exist. And then an agnostic is the ones that don't believe or disbelieve. Um, so when I said I was agnostic, that's where you just described my belief basically as atheism. So, um, but yeah, I neither believe nor disbelieve. Um, okay. So then, um, uh, sorry, what was the question, man? I got distracted. Yeah. Okay. So, it, so you neither believe nor disbelieve, but, but at least, uh, but when you, when you say that you're open to, for example, be, um, believe, uh, believing in a spiritual realm or an actual, the uh, um make, making the a plausibility that god could exist that 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 is sort of a consideration of theism and and it would not uh, and i would actually um say that that is sort of an agnostic theism if you you take that route mm-hmm. oh yeah i would definitely identify as an agnostic mm-hmm. theist yeah but what would you say tell uh, agnostic atheists who who don't necessarily say that God d- doesn't exist, but don't don't care about it that much. Um, I mean, I guess it would depend on the person. Everyone's different. I try not to think of people in categories or labels like that, but I would just tell them um, that to me, it seems like there's something bigger than us guiding all this and it doesn't seem to be happening by chance at least from my perspective um but i could also see how my perspective is skewed and my brain our our memories distort things to make us to support our beliefs so like i understand how like my own evidence for believing in god my own reasons for believing in for being a theist um 
they're they're not really they're not really valid to anyone but me. Like I can't really okay. prove it to anyone else. Okay. Uh but let me ask you about your um do you have some sort of at least exper- spiritual experiences or consideration because uh, you say that you might consider a pantheistic god uh, what would how would that be well when i say that i mean i would i would believe that every that god is literally the substance that everything is made from and um so hard to explain um because like even just the word God, it's uh, it's distorting what we're talking about, really. Like it's just like it's a way we shove the infinite in a box. Um, when I say I believe in like a pantheistic God, I believe that the material, the substance of the universe, everything in it, um, is little pieces of God. But I also think God is like more than that too. At the same time. Like, it's not just the universe, but it is the universe. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually uh, considered that uh, one time ago. And and, and uh, it's it's sort of a, a, a monistic belief as well, right? That um, everything is part of uh, of God and that you're God, I'm, we're part of God and uh, stuff like that. And that we're all just one consciousness in a in a one monad in a way in a way. Um, in a way, yeah, but I think that's oversimplifying it a bit. Um, mm-hmm. like I think there's like the collective God thing that's us, but then we are also there as individuals. I think um, in Hinduism they have these com- concepts Brahman and Atman. I think those kind of describe what I believe pretty well, where there's like Brahman, which is the thing that's everything, and then there's Atman, which is the individualized selves of like so there it's um two sides of the same coin. Okay. And uh, if you believe that, what what um sort of implementations do you make in, in your life to uh, con- because you consider all of these. Um, that's a deep question. Um, I try to one understand myself and the world around me as best as I can as a way of understanding God better. Um, I try to help other people as best as I can because hypothetically they are extensions of myself. So their well-being is my well-being, if you think. Alright, um, sorry. So what was the last thing you heard? I don't know where we got lagged out at. Yeah, you're, you're impl- uh, uh, looking at life with a, with a better perspective. Okay, um, I'll just, like, what was the last words you heard me say? Do you remember? Yeah, that that um, you know, yeah, you, you look at life and uh, consider then how God would want you to uh, consider life. All right, so um, so yeah, I try to understand like myself and the world around me as best as I can. I do a lot, a lot of time meditating, um, on things like the cell, like who I am, I what is my inner self really like? Um, it's just a big part of Zen Buddhism, um. I also try to see how 
other people are sort of extensions of, well, not so much extensions of myself, but they are like, there's a piece of me in everyone I meet, I guess I should say. And anytime I see someone, um, the things I like and dislike are based on like what I see of myself reflected back at me. So I try and remember that when I like someone, what I really like is part of myself that I see in them. And what, um, when I don't like someone, what I don't like in them is really part of myself that I don't like about myself that I see in them. And so I try and remember that people are extensions of myself and treat them as best as I can without one enabling their toxic behavior that's going to get them hurt in the long run and two is like protecting myself at the same time cool cool uh, but i want to ask though what, what got you into zen buddhism that's a long story um i don't even know where to begin Okay, so my whole life, um, starting from when I was like 11 or 12, I've had a lot of run-ins with the law, problems with drug addiction, things like that. Um, eventually, when I was 25, my father committed suicide, um, and that really like made me take a look at myself and see that the way I had been living wasn't quite right. Um, so from there, trying to get peace from that, I, I sort of started – going to, like I was always sort of a spiritual person but that kicked off like like uh, a sort of quest for redemption I guess you could say where I was like I, I knew that I didn't treat him the way I wanted the way I, if, if he just if he can remember things after death he doesn't remember me the way I want to be remembered um, and so like that kind of made me start looking into Buddhism and then through Buddhism someone introduced me to Taoism and then through, through Taoism like Buddhism and Taoism merged together our Zen and so that's kind of how I ended up there um, but yeah it's, it's um I've sort of always been on like a sort of spiritual pursuit thing it was just like my father's death that that um, opened my eyes to how to the error of my ways I guess you could say mm-hmm and you know, I've been, always been curious what uh, what the basic beliefs of Zen Buddhism is, or, or because um, I've only encountered it in school, and I've read some articles, but I still don't know anything about it. Uh, could you uh, elaborate it for us? Um, I'll do my best. Uh, anyone who wants to learn about it, I suggest like looking for yourself and talking to lots of people and getting lots of different perspectives on it. Don't take my word for it. Uh, exactly because um, I mean I have spent a lot of time practicing it but I'm not like an authority on the subject at all but basically so I guess I'll start with Buddhism um, so in Buddhism there's this dude he's, he, he actually lived they know he for a fact he lived his name was uh, Siddhartha Gautama um, he uh, I might have pronounced that wrong sorry um, but he, he lived in what's modern day Nepal back then he was, um, some kind of noble or prince in a family. Um, he, he grew up growing up. He, he, um, lived a very sheltered life. Everything was laid out to keep him happy at all times. And he was sort of like shielded from the suffering of the world until he saw, uh, let me see if I can get this right. Um, a peasant, a commoner that was sick, uh, an old man who was 
like getting on in years and then um the a, a dead body freshly deceased and that made him aware of the suffering in the world and made him aware of the problem of human suffering um so he went around and trained with all these uh these like yoga masters and stuff from from back in the day in ancient india um didn't find the answers like being living like an ascetic lifestyle didn't um find the answers uh obviously in hedonism or anything like that. He eventually came up with, um, sat down and meditated, became enlightened. Um, and that's when he became the Buddha is when he, when he became enlightened. Uh, and that's all Buddha, all Buddha means is someone who's awake. Um, so anyway, he, the, his first teachings were the, they're called the four noble truths. Um, one, the first noble truth is that there's suffering in the world. Two is that the suffering has a source and it's within ourselves. Um, three is that if it has a source, it can be it can be stopped. If there's if there's a source within ourselves, we can stop it too. And then four is that the way to stopping suffering is through what's called the um, the eightfold path or the middle way. It, it, it's it, it goes both ways depending on which scripture you look at. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to skip over. So what basically I'll just say the middle way is finding the, the middle point, the, 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 the options that account for all, like say, like you got a duality and there's two poles. The middle way tries to account for both sides without jumping to either extreme. So it's like avoiding extremes. Um, I don't want to call it centrism because even centrism can, can become an extreme in a way. Uh, it's really confusing, man. Um, so that's Buddhism. Um, Zen is a Chinese adaptation of Buddhism. Um, Buddha, Buddhism started in India, like I said, uh, traveled down the Silk Road to China. When it got to China, uh, it met up with uh, Confucianism and Taoism and the Chinese philosophies. And um, one of the, th the things that came out of it was uh, Buddhism and Taoism got fused into one. So in Zen, they take like a lot of things. Okay, so in Taoism, they have they talk about how words are inadequate and nothing can really, no scripture or anything like that can really suffice to tell you the truth. You have to live it through experience. Um, that's one of the main tenets of Buddhism. Yeah, um, I got some something my teacher wrote that I could look up, but I don't want to risk crashing the call. Um, but basically it's just learning like, yes, you look at scripture, you don't exclude anything, but you got to remember that scripture is just words and words. Nothing can really describe the ultimate truth. Like the, um, the real, um, fact of the matter, the real like matters of God, I guess you could say we can't put them into words. They transcend human language. They transcend human thought. Um, so it's like the inadequacy of words, not relying on um, scriptures or anything like that. Looking in ourselves to know our own true nature and experiencing directly are like the main goals of Zen. Um, um, some other big things in like Buddhist philosophy that are probably worth noting. They believe in something that's translated as non-self, but it's more complicated than there is no self. Um, it's more like 
the self is part of an interconnected web of uh, um, everything is inter interwoven. That's the, the, the belief I was just talking about. That's part of Zen um, and really all Buddhism to an extent. Um, there's a belief called Sunyata, which is basically everything is made up from this constituent parts around it and nothing has its own independent self nature. Like everything is defined by the things around it. So nothing can truly be like, okay. So me, myself, I am a dude, but when I start looking at like the properties that make me up or make my social self up, all of these things are things that like they came from my parents or they came from the society I was raised in, or they came from, from the school that I was taught by. Like none of these ideas came into my head on, oh, I'm sorry. None of these ideas came into my head on my own. Um, so really none of it can really be said to be part of me because it all came from outside myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so like Sunyata and Anata non-self are kind of tied into each other. Um, I guess, I guess the only other big, part of Buddhist philosophy that I want to call out is they have this thing called the two truths doctrine, which is basically there's two forms of truth. There's the ultimate truth, which describes reality as it is. And then there's conventional truth, which is only true by social convention. So um, to give you an idea what I mean, uh, the ultimate truth is my car is just a bunch of littler parts. There is really no car there, just a bunch of nuts, nuts and bolts, but we still call them all one thing, a car, by social convention, just because it's it's simpler than 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 not, you know, like we refer to it as one thing, even though it's not. So that's um. So the ultimate truth is the car isn't really there; it's just a bunch of smaller parts. The conventional truth is there's a car there. I don't know if I explained that well, but yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it, I I really um, admire how you uh, talk for so long about that and. Um, I I got uh, most of it, I guess. That and I guess the ultimate goal of Zen Buddhism is is oneness. I guess that which is the well, yeah, that is a way of putting it. It's more self knowledge and direct experience. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's so hard to put into words. Like that's why I said, if anyone's really interested, you should just forget everything I just said and go look into it for yourself. <laughs> but the goal is um. I guess achieving what they call Satori, which is like a sort of non-dual perception, seeing how all things are really one in a sense, but um, it's so hard to put into words, and I don't even—I don't even want to try to do it. But yeah, I guess you could say oneness is a is a big part of it. It's more liberation from suffering is the goal, and realizing oneness is the method to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I guess then that um, the the Zen Buddhism, uh, as you said, it merged the concepts of Buddhism and Taoism, where Taoism is uh, has the oneness of the duality, which is uh, which is like the yin and yang oneness, mm -hmm. and then and then the the Buddhism part is the elimination of suffering, especially through self knowledge and and, and liberating oneself from the from this. That's one way of putting it, but I tried – it's way more complicated than that. Like there's a lot of overlap. There was a lot of overlap between the two schools of thought before they encountered each other to the point that when the Chinese saw the Buddhist teachings, they thought uh, Lao Tzu, the guy that wrote the Tao Te Ching, they thought he 
because in their mythology, Lao Tzu wrote the Tao Te Ching and then went west. The Chinese, when Buddhism finally came over from India, they thought, oh, well, Lao Tzu went west, taught in India, and became known as the Buddha over here, and these teachings are just his teachings coming back to us. Like, there's a lot of overlap between the two schools of thought. So, um, I think... I mean, yeah, that's a pretty accurate description. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of emphasis on suffering before Buddhism got introduced to China. And um, the whole idea of, like, the non-dual duality of yin and yang, that was more developed in China before the two schools of thought met. So what you said is, like, it's not entirely wrong, but it's not the whole truth either, I guess is what I'd say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, to, well, to me, though, it's really hard to... I guess grasp, for example, Indian or Chinese philosophy because I may be adjacent uh, of an adjacent country to those because uh, I'm, I'm for in Asia, but it be, because I was born in a, a mostly Western colonized culture, yeah, uh, it, it, it's it, I'm not familiar with the, those. Um, with those uh, concepts, especially because um, you know it, when you, you when you're when you're born with like trying to with established uh, logical reasons, and you can't really apply lo logic in, yeah. in in Eastern philosophy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's because it's a, it's um there's paradox built into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, and all, like, I've studied it and done a lot of meditating on it and stuff. All I've really, I know enough to know that I'm not qualified to explain it to anyone. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but 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 I think um, I, I the real question for me is that you know I am I, I am a person who who believes in rationality, but I could also consider irrationalism as a way to actually arrive at a truth. And it's it's not something that is impossible, but when it comes to like uh, uh, tra maybe considering, for example, Taoism or Buddhism, it, I would be open to these ideas, but it would take a lot for me to even consider the consider them and actually in, in integrate them. Yeah, into I my get what life. you're saying. Well, because like I said, it's um it's an element, especially in Taoism, it's an element of it all that um. It's paradoxical by just by its mm. nature. It, it doesn't mm. it doesn't lend itself to logical deconstruction at all. Yeah, but, but my question is that what what made you uh, come come to these beliefs uh, systems? Um, would it be that it's it's a sort? It, would it would you agree that it's a sort of a therapy? I guess and yes, and it, definitely, it definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, like it started mm -hmm. out. I started practicing Buddhism because the teachings were practical, like they were effective in my life. They made mm -hmm. me, when I followed them, I lived better, got better things out, felt better. Um, and then it just kind of built into, through reading the philosophy, I just, it got, um, I picked up a lot of the more paradoxical stuff. And really, once you've spent some time with it and molded around, it's not that it's entirely like nonsensical. Like there's a there's a there's a method to it. Like there's a pattern to it. It, it, it makes sense once you figure it out. It's just it's hard to wrap your mind around at first. Mm -hmm. 
I, I guess then that there's also an element of American pragmatism happening there that I don't yeah. care if it's not true as long as it's beneficial. And it is beneficial, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's, been with, it's been with us for a very long time in, with humanity, more than like, I don't know, 3,000 years? Four. Something about that. Um, Buddhism, yeah. I think, was about 2,700 years ago. I forget the exact dates. Taoism was the warring states period in China, so also about 2,700 years ago, yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. And um, I, I wanted to ask you because in terms of your, your uh, some for someone who has experienced a lot of trauma in their life, you know, a lot of struggle and suffering, um, when it comes to that, when you try to apply Zen Buddhism and, and actually liberate yourself from the suffering, how what was the mental process going on through your mind? The, the main, times. the most freeing thing for me, the most freeing realization, and it's something you kind of got to like see it for yourself. Even me explaining it to you, it's not really going to click until you see it yourself firsthand. Is that <clears throat> um, there is a reason for the suffering. Like without the suffering, there could be no positivity. Like the suffering is actually the basis for all things that we feel are good because okay say you if there was no such thing as cold you wouldn't know what hot was because you'd have nothing to compare it to right it's the same way with suffering where if we had never felt bad if we never felt the absence of joy we wouldn't know what joy was because we we have to know we'd have we'd have nothing to compare it to because we'd always be happy it would just be it was just we wouldn't have a word for it it would just be the way things are um and then also people we don't grow we don't expand our minds we don't um we don't really thrive unless we're pushed by some sort of negative force like if we're allowed to just sit doing nothing um don't have never have to work never have any adversity at all we don't really learn from that at all we'll stay stagnant like the the hardships and the negativity sort of drive our upward growth and it's ultimately that upward growth that is what we find fulfilling in life. So there needs to be some sort of like um, counter pressure to life. Um, and so that's, I know it doesn't really make all suffering make sense. I know there's a lot of people that go through a lot of unfair, unjust injustices and they didn't really do anything to bring it on themselves. Um, so I know that doesn't make it all perfect, but it's still like having that realization, at least for my personal suffering, it, it like it, it made it made the stuff I meant, went through make sense. It's like what was the reason for all this happening to me, and and it's just because if it if if it was if life wasn't hard, it I wouldn't I would I'd still be 13 years old, you know. I see, I see. I guess then, um, when when it comes down to that, you uh, rationalize with yourself that suffering was necessary for me to be who i am now to be a how strong i am would that yeah. be the case with that okay i don't know if i okay. consider myself strong but that's yeah as strong as i am like yeah okay awesome and i i think that's uh um, um one of the things that some the uh theists will argue for the prop as the as a solution for the problem of evil in a way that 
um, evil was is as ne- it was necessary for us to appreciate or what the good that we have, you know. But it, it's I I don't know if it's a good argument, but it you could actually say, see that argument in the Book of Job by one of Job's yeah. friends, you know. Uh, a, a young man named Elihu who made that. But anyway, um, uh, I want to ask you another question, which is that um, uh, other than Zen Buddhism, you know, the East Eastern philosophy is uh, really open to uh, to considering other uh, philosophies, right? Like Shintoism and maybe some sort of Mahayana and stuff. Uh, as well, Zen Mahayana Buddhist, and Shintoism are both parts of Zen. And, um, so the history is then, so it went from India to China. China is where Mahayana Buddhism developed. Uh, Zen grew out of Mahayana. Then in, in China, it was called Chan. When it went to Japan, it mixed with Shintoism and became Zen. Um, so Shintoism and Mahayana are both like subsumed into Zen. I see. So in a way, Zen Buddhism is sort of the, the I get the, 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 the child of almost all Eastern philosophies, would you could you say that? It, it, offshoot, it, it, defi- it definitely it definitely touches all the Eastern major Eastern philosophies in some way because Buddhism came out of the the Vedanta tradition in, in a way, um, and then because Shintoism got taken up into it, but it, it's um it's more than that too. I don't want to say it's just that, but yeah, it has absorbed a lot of. It's like it is like a conglomerate that's absorbed a lot of Eastern schools of thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, it, it, in terms of let's say, um, well, for example, how it, what truth it might actually bring in in a naturalistic or scientific sense. You know, for example, um, for like how. Like how you uh like how Christians would view Genesis and look at actually like the Big Bang as like God saying let there be light and stuff. You know it's explained in a scientific way. You know, do you also apply that in in Eastern or in Eastern philosophy or in Zen Buddhism, where for example, uh, this sort of thinking, this cognitive uh, thought process, could actually be a sort sort of psychological and medical therapy. You know, um, that, well, definitely, definitely, um, Zen can be a medical therapy. It actually is already. Um, if I don't know how much you know about psychology therapy, but there's there's just one is um, a mixture of cognitive behavioral therapy and Zen Buddhism called dialectical behavioral therapy. They use it for treating borderline personality disorder and stuff. Um, so yes, a lot of it is therapeutic. Um, uh, the stuff about no self and things like that. Um, there's actually a lot of like neurobiological evidence that that's the case. Like that, that ourselves are really just mental constructs and not really there. Um, and that, um, so yeah, I definitely think there is a lot of good scientific reasons to be interested in Zen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you say you're a Zen Buddhist, you know, and it's not really a strict religion that says that it's the ultimate uh, truth, you know, I think that would be the case. But so in terms of how you view, let's say, Christianity or Islam or Hinduism or other religions, what would be your take on them? Like you might consider them as having truths as well. 
Yeah, I consider every religion. I look at every religion like it has some shard of the truth. I look at look at it like some part of the truth and some distortion of the truth. Um, any religion, even Zen, no matter what I look at, I I remember that a lot of it is subject to my interpretation. Um, not all of what's made it down through history was supposed to be there at the beginning. Like different people have held the pen through different times, and there's been lots of edits made over time. Um, and so I look at it like every, every religion has some truth and some distortion mixed in there. Um, I definitely think there are a lot of useful teachings in, um, like I've read the Bible, uh, I've looked into like Sufism and forms of Islam. Um, I think there are definitely good reasons for following it. Like I think they do have therapeutic uses, uh, with any religion, I think, it's up to the person, the individual, what they do with it. That's what determines how healthy or unhealthy it is. Um, I don't think any religion at its core is good or bad until a person takes it and makes it good or bad. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, it, I guess then that um, it, it, you're probably saying that, uh, uh, look, I, I see some truths in, in your religion, but... I have my specific reasons as to why I won't be- believe the whole truth of it. And that would be, and this would be uh, a rational or at least an honest analysis of like maybe scripture, the history. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I can definitely see the truth in it. I can see the benefits of following it, but and even with Zen, I can see things that I'm like the parts that I'm not, that don't really like click with me. And then it's like, um, or really like their truths, but their truths situationally kind of like conventional truths. Like I was talking about earlier. Um, and I think every religion has those built into it. And I think they all talk about ultimate truth, but they all also have like some conventional truths worked in. And so it's really like, you got to look at things in the context of the time and place where they arose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk more about, um, what, what what you mean by uh, is it okay if you discuss how being a bipolar having a bipolar uh, bipolarity? I, I don't know. Okay, how to so say bipolar it. disorder. What it is? It's um it's a cycle of mood. People think it's mood swings and stuff, and that can be a part of it, but that's not the main thing. The main part of bipolar is a cycle of mood states where I'll go, I'll feel perfectly normal like I am now, I'll be fine. Um, and then without medication, I'll eventually become what they call manic. Um, and what mania is, that's when we get to mood swings with, with racing thoughts, uh, delusions of grandeur. Um, in my case, it progresses into like full on psychosis where the delusions get so far out there that I just completely break with reality. Um, and then, so after that manic episode is followed by a depressive crash and that that's all those things you'd normally associate with depression, lack of motivation, um, pessimistic outlook, um, uh, lots of self-loathing built into it. And so it's that cycle of going from highs to being, being manic for a month, two months, three months, a week. Like it, 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 it changes from person to person, how long it is. Um, but cycling from manic to depressive and going through those, that cycle of ups and downs. That's what bipolar is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I I have I have like a, 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 a some a, some understanding of psychology, and but I, I want to ask you from your experience, you know, because you're the one who's able to tell 
what what it means to be to ha- have bipolar disorder um would it be the case that you are the one in control of your emotions or it's simply a biological case uh, or or is it that sometimes you are able to determine whether you, or you want to be uh, this to have this emotion or the or not no there's definitely times where i've wanted to not be manic because when i can't when i get manic i can't sleep for like days on end and i'll be like be laying there wanting to sleep but can't um there is definitely i have some control over it like and i need to be like aware of what's going on in my mind in order to keep it under control as best as i can but i can't control it without medication no it's um there's definitely like a biological route to it i'm pretty sure mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to that, you know, you know, we we are because we humans identify our emotions as part of our being, you know, ourself. Uh, would you would you say that you're you have a, a specific you have a soul that is that is you, or you're just your material body with a consciousness? Um. Well, I think a consciousness would be a soul. I kind of like both when you say one, I think I, they kind of imply the other. Like I think they're one and the same. Um, so it's like a human body with a consciousness. Just You've just renamed the soul consciousness. Um, but yeah, I believe we have a soul if you go by that definition mm-hmm. I just gave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when, when you have this consciousness, you know, and your your consciousness is really something then that is a product of atoms you know it's reacting to the chemicals in your brain and stuff so and so uh would that mean that um ultimately w- what we have as emotions as thoughts you know are not really freely ours would you say yeah that? that's actually Maybe. a big teaching in zen is that like you kind of learn to disidentify with your thoughts and emotions and see how they're not yours that's yeah I see. And so, but how do you dis- disidentify with uh, that? That's uh, um, lots of meditation, I guess. Like looking inward at yourself, introspection, and seeing how the thoughts and emotions come and go. And they're, none of them are permanent, and they're all transient. And like they are arising within you, but they're not actually you. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're more like something you're experiencing happening to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I want to ask like, um, when it comes to having a bipolar disorder, it's probably since, uh, you were young, right? Uh, what do you say that it has affected, uh, your life quality in that you, it, it prevented you to be the optimal and maximal best you, you could be? Um, well, I don't, I wouldn't say that, no. It's definitely, it's created, it's made it hard to function the way a normal person does, but I wouldn't say it's held me back from being the best version of myself. I guess it's held me back from being successful in a classical sense, but I don't judge myself by that metric, so I wouldn't say it stopped me from being the best version of me. Um, I think it's... Um, it's defined my experience and because it's defined my experience, it defines who I am. Like, and I wouldn't take any part of my experience and try and cut any part of it out or say any part was worth more than the other. Like I had to go through everything I went through to get to where I am now. And I sort of like where I am now. 
So I, I wouldn't say it stopped me from being the best version of me, but it definitely has held me back. Um, Cause like a lot of different things will happen. Uh, I'll get manic and just quit my job on a whim because I'm not, when I get, when I, when I get into that, that mindset, I don't think things through before I throw them. I just, because I have delusions of grandeur, I just assume that everything I think is right. And so when I think I should quit my job, cause I'll find another one tomorrow. Uh, and so I'll quit a job like that. Um, I'll also slip into depressions and like lay in bed for two weeks straight and just not talk to anyone or call anyone and only get up to use the bathroom because I have to. Um, and so I've lost jobs that way. Um, I've had psychotic episodes. Um, so yes, it's definitely been adversity attached to it, but like adversity isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you know, uh, Dave, I, I think that um, uh, how you told me your answer, I think that it's something that not a lot of people can say. You know that, and, um, and it's something that I would say that you're, you ha- you have wisdom uh, uh, attained from Buddhism, and it, it's it's really a. a something that I wish I could have, you know, because um, there are things yeah. in my life that I, I wish that never happened. But I, I guess that a part of it is acceptance in, in not just in, in for like, maybe it's more than just may have, be accepting that it's made me stronger in a sense. But I think that uh, one, a better reason for for accepting the 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 trouble and the the bad times of my of life is that it was it was me who did those things who who pa- who passed through all those so i would say it it's more of like the story of my life and that life ultimately has conflict it has a plot and 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 in in our in our story we are the hero and it depends on us what what happens whatever sto- the the setting may provide us you know that that's one thing that i i i look at in my life and how i i you know i get through the the the, the struggle yeah yeah, well, a lot of it, like, I wouldn't say I'm really all that wise. Like, compared to most people my age, like, I'm probably average. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it just comes with time and experience. Like, you're a lot younger than me, so, like, obviously you've been through less. You're not going to be able to speak as confidently as I am. Um, but, yeah, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't consider myself wise. Um, I've definitely, Buddhism has brought me a lot of peace. It's definitely what any wisdom I do have, it's come through... Um, I wouldn't say specifically Buddhism. Uh, it's Buddhism's the one I look into the most, but I've looked into every religion and just like trying to get in touch with my spirituality and know something greater than myself. Um, that's where like anything worth knowing, that's where I learned it. Um, you definitely seem like you're a lot more put together than I was at your age. I was like an ignorant little shit when I was 20, man. You have no idea. Um, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, I just I would not consider me wise. Uh, I'm 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 the exact opposite. I just talk a good game. 
Okay. Uh, I, I, well, I would say added humility there. But other than that, I want to say that it's been a great conversation with you, Dave. And I want to drive this into one last question. You know, um, uh, being that person that you are, you've encountered Buddhism Buddhism and seen it as a great, uh, in a way, therapy for for life, you know. But uh, uh, also be, be, being an agnostic and considering honestly your views on religion, and having um, experienced through your life the struggles of having a, a bipolar disorder, uh, what would be the the message that or the best advice you could give to someone who's struggling right now with, with basically about life and its adversities? Um, don't give up. Um. Try and stay positive, even though it's really hard to do sometimes. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't think I'm qualified to give anyone advice, man. Yeah, just keep your head up. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. And it, it like, for me, it got better. I've never seen it not get better. It, like, if, if you really work for it, it can get better. Um, be careful not like people get in their own heads and have like a lot of self-defeating thoughts. I know myself, especially, um, try and try and be careful. Like, don't be your own worst enemy. Don't, don't be the one that drags you, yourself down. Like try and, um, try and like bolster yourself up, be positive And just, even when it seems hopeless, that the hopelessness is just part of a future that's like imaginary to you. Right. And things are never as bad in the real world as they are in your imagination. You, or at least for me, this has been the case. Um, so just remember that you can't see the future. So, oh, fuck, that's so hard to put in words. Yeah, no, nah, nah, I'm not qualified to give advice, man. I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, okay, well, um, uh, Dave, it's been awesome talking to you, bro. It, uh, thank you for your time, and I hope yep, that uh, we can on. have more conversations, man. Bye. Yeah, for sure, man. So that's the end of it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr. And thank you for listening in. And please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car, like cooking, but without the frozen dinner, easy way out. eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as almost Rouladen. To cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately.